Good evening, afternoon, or morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another classy episode of A Good Drop. <laughs> well, there's nothing classy about today's episode. We're going to hit you with the raunchiest, dirtiest, uh, most innuendo-filled cocktail names we can find. Yes, this is episode 69, so we're talking about crude cocktails. We thought it was apt. So, I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Guess what cocktail we're drinking first? Yeah, so we uh, we thought we would start with Sex on the Beach. <laughs> it's a nice beginning. That's actually really nice. Um, it's just what you think. A super sweet cocktail, like a, similar to a Cosmopolitan, I think. Yeah. It's got orange juice, it's got cranberry juice, it has peach schnapps and vodka. And vodka, absolutely. And in fact, peach schnapps is basically where this whole uh, era of crude cocktails began, right back in the early 1980s, when uh, a gentleman by the name of Earl Leroux, who was a flavor scientist for National Distillers, a, a wine and spirits company that was um, in a bit of financial straits at the time, had... Um, well, he had the task of turning them around, and since very sweet styles of fruity schnapps, not not the dry sort of schnapps that was very popular in Europe, but, but the fruity sweet schnapps that had just been introduced to America and become relatively popular uh, a few years earlier. So we're, we're talking 1984, or thereabouts, and... Um, Old mate Earl Leroux decided, why not a peach liqueur? And so the Cooper Peach Tree Schnapps was released. Hmm. And the result of that was um, something that nobody was expecting, but nobody really knew what to do with it. So as part of rolling out the new product, they got a bunch of people together and uh, one of the friends, Jack Doyle, an executive at National Distillers, invited his friend Ray Foley, who was a former Marine, to come and try it out with him. If he liked something, he would generally help them to work out how to market it. From de- for regular drinks that are always on the menu, you can't really have a have a drink that's got like fourteen ingredients with like five of them organic and two available on a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So he said, if we want people buying this thing that is obviously a mixer, we need to invent a drink that is easy to make, that people will want to order, that it can go in. So guess what he did? He mixed it with some orange juice. And uh, our favorite guy, Doyle, he liked it. Yeah, he um, he said he could still smell the fuzz on the peach. And uh, when they garnished it with a navel orange, that's how the fuzzy navel was born. And that was the first, the humble beginning. Humble beginning of so many innuendos. Yeah, so uh, then old mate Jack, he buys suitcases of um, of the schnapps to give to his salesman to take around to different bars, along with bottles of orange juice, and he starts pushing it. 
like everywhere. And suddenly it's in cocktail blogs left, right and center that a liqueur distributor named Jack Sherman had created the Fuzzy Naval at the Wagon Tongue Bar in Omaha. Now, of course, that's total BS. We know that it was invented by... Yeah, we know that it was... By Doyle. Invented by Doyle, yeah. But it still ended up being around the place. But um, then there were, of course, uh, spin-offs came from that, as always happens. So they got the Hairy Navel, which had (laughs) vodka added to it. Far out. That that'll make it a little bit more potent. Yeah, and uh, it was yeah so popular that uh, De Kuiper Peachtree Schnapps became the ninth best-selling alcohol in America. Holy shit! At at that time, and uh, yeah, they were selling over twelve million bottles of it per year, and that was just in the first year. So it was the fastest-selling new alcohol since Prohibition. So they. The, the fuzzy navel and its spin-offs signaled to bartenders that giving a, a drink a silly sexualized name was a, a major selling point. So, guess what happened? People came up with more silly named drinks that had fewer ingredients than the traditional cocktails. Hmm. They were... They were they, the, the names started to suggest uh, sweetness, a ton of juice, and not a lot of thought. I mean... Who really needs to contemplatively sip a silk panties? Yeah, and in <laughs> fact, the silk panties was drink of the year in, well, as so named by Bartender Magazine in 1986. And they got beaten out the year after by the slippery nipple or the buttery nipple, uh, the, slow, <laughs> the slow comfortable screw, and the red-headed slut. Yeah, and of course, all very simple, very few ingredients. A a slow, comfortable screw is slow gin, southern comfort, vodka, and orange juice. And of course, the screw being that vodka and orange juice is a screwdriver. And the slow comfort, or slow comfortable, coming from the slow gin and the southern comfort. Yeah, so a really simple name, but still hilarious. And the the red-headed slut, peach, schnapps, Jägermeister, and cranberry juice, that's... Not nearly as clever a name, really. Yeah. But uh, the cheekiness of those names kind of took off at that time, which was the same time that uh, MTV was picking up and uh, had its own brand of brazen sexuality that was um, really popular with people of the 80s. Mm. The top of the list of the sexually named cocktails arrived in about 1987. They devised the National Distributing, which was selling the peach tree schnapps, they devised a, a contest, or they would award a $100 bonus to the bartender that could set, sell the most peach schnapps during the week. A little a little bar called Confetti, a costume-themed dance club where confetti literally fell from the ceiling, was where the 25-year-old Ted Pizio essentially took the red-hot fuzzy navel and mixed it with a Cape Cod. He called it Sex on the Beach, which is what we're drinking now. Yeah, and uh, Sex on the Beach then, of course, became the de facto order at um, beach-themed bars all over America uh, around the, that time in the late 80s, because there were beach-themed bars everywhere. They mm. were hugely popular, and they had to sell Sex on the Beach, because that's beachy, right? Like yeah. you, you, you want Sex on the Beach when you're at a beach-themed bar. <laughs> and... Uh, 
the New York Magazine's Summer Scenes of 1987, uh, the writer Daniel Shaw uh, cited um, Lucy's Surfeteria on the Upper West Side, where Columbia co-eds devoured Ocean Pacific fajitas and Sex on the Beach, saying that it wasn't a suggestion just to drink on the menu. <laughs> and uh, they went on, because uh, the, the drink went viral. And it, as viral as things can go in the eighties, could go in the eighties, yeah. Before and, um, before the internet, yeah. And it didn't matter where you went; most places didn't know the original recipe. They just came off with their own, and countless sickly sweet combos eventually claimed the same name. One variant had vodka, chambord, midori, pineapple juice, and cranberry juice. What the fuck? And another swapped in grenadine. And it was often just served as a shot of half vodka, half peach tree, half peach tree with a splash of grenadine. Far out. Yeah. So well, that, that's nearly the same recipe as a, um, oh, what was it called? What was it? A slippery nipple. Yeah. Yeah, certainly a, a lot of variation when, I guess, when it's not an official cocktail and someone just came up with it, but people are rocking up and ordering it and the bartender's like, the fuck is that? Yeah. Yes, I'd better just find out, work out how to make it. No internet, couldn't Google it. No, and back then they would have had books to say what was what. Yeah. I, and- I remember back when I was a, an apprentice chef, the bartender had a big, thick Bible where he wrote down all his cocktails in. Yeah, and I, I had such a book, but I printed them off the internet. <laughs> yeah, he, I suppose he... Might might have done the same, but he does, he liked to handwrite them. Ah. Hmm. I suppose it helped him remember. Yeah, true. Very true. Hmm. But I would say he definitely got his off the internet too. Or from customers ordering something and him not knowing what they were. So he wrote them down there and then. Yeah. And, um, well, uh, Sex on the Beach has become less popular in modern times. It actually has still persisted to some extent because at TGI Fridays they still have a drink with those same ingredients but not called Sex on the Beach because that would be inappropriate. <laughs> it's called Diddy on the Beach. Diddy on the Beach. Diddy oh, the, on the at beach. The, at the local bars. Yeah. And <laughs> um, yeah, so of course then the names of uh, the names of drinks started rooting themselves in popular culture with and yeah, appeared in St. Elmo's Fire and Earth Girls Are Easy. And um, yeah, so then the 1988 cocktail, the cocktail of 1988, was basically the Fuzzy Navel. And uh, of course, Sex on the Beach and the Fuzzy Navel both, both are mentioned in the opening stanza of Tom Cruise's Standing on the Bar Shouting Poem, which is uh, The Last Barman Poet. I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make, Americans getting stinking on something I stir or shake, the sex on the beach, the schnapps made from peach. Uh, it, the poem also mentions the dingling, a uh, voracious sounding but completely phony cocktail, and the orgasm, a truly vile combo of amaretto, Kahlua, and Baileys. Yeah, that, that's an actual thing, though. But yeah, that's we, that's one of the cocktails we're about to have. Well, not not an orgasm. We're we're gonna have blowjobs later. <laughs> But that's um oh that's yeah that's amaretto that's, that's interesting because they're calling it an orgasm but it is not an orgasm it's a blowjob which is amaretto Kahlua and Bailey's and whipped cream yeah How but of that? course the um, 
the blowjob didn't exist yet because no. we're, we're still in the late 80s and the blowjob didn't come around until well, the early 90s. The, the 1980s certainly was a, an important time for the beverages that were the main ingredients of these cocktails, though, because the, they dominated alcohol sales in that era. Dark spirits like bourbon were being left for dead and vodka wasn't particularly popular yet either. Yeah. So these super sweet liqueurs were... Kicking ass. Yeah, absolutely kicking ass. Sometimes literal ass with the uh, ASS cocktail, which is Absolute Spearmint and Sambuca. Although that one's got vodka in it. Yeah. And um, the Ball Banger was another fantastic one with uh, ouzo and orange juice. <laughs> and there were three different Bend Me Over cocktails. And uh, I think one of um, one of the better ones was uh, Bend Over Shirley. That was... I was up there. I mean, some some great ones, but we'll we'll get into the names of them after we finish this history because there's yeah. so many more. Uh, well, it I think the end of the eighties was also the end of a lot of these cocktails. I mean, they they sort of continued over into the early nineties, but the I guess the fashion had waned a little, and fewer and fewer of these ridiculously sexual cocktail names were or ridiculously sexual cocktails were getting ordered and created yeah but um then something happens that i suppose nobody could have expected which is bachelorette parties took off and that is what led in the mid-1990s to the rise of the blowjob shot (laughs) which is made by layering bailey's Kahlua and Amaretto and then topping it with whipped cream and uh, there was a rule to how you were supposed to drink it which I guess is why it was a thing for bachelorette parties because it's almost like a bachelorette party game really to drink a blowjob shot because it was supposed to be drunk by putting your hands behind your back and moving your mouth agape toward the shot glass sitting on the bar or in a man's waistband (laughs) before putting your mouth over the glass tilting it back and Taking the whole lot. <laughs> and um, uh, a uh, author, Herbert I. Kewitt, wrote in his 1999 guide, The Bachelorette Party, creating an event you'll remember forever, the mother-in-law is liable to call the whole thing off when she sees the bride downing a blowjob shot from some stranger's lap. <laughs> and that's undoubtedly why it was popular at blow... Uh, why it was popular at bachelorette parties and probably why it is no longer. Mm. I would say so because that's a, a very, like that's a, that's not just a innuendo named cocktail. The, the way you drink it is also sexualized. Yeah. Yes. The, the way you were supposed to, cause you obviously you don't have to drink it like that, but, no. <laughs> but you were supposed to. And, uh, yeah, by the late 90s, a lot of those cocktails were just gone because, you know, there's only so many people that are willing to step up to a bartender and order a teeny-weeny-woo-woo. You're not going to do that with a straight face very often, not to mention that such long-named cocktails shouted over the din in a bar or nightclub. They can be hard to understand. I mean, sex on the beach would work because it's... I mean, it's three words. It's quite... Text, sorry, four words. It could still be heard, but a, a teeny-weeny-woo-woo, that's, that could get lost. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, of 
course, when you've got things like the, and this is one that I don't know how you'd order it, the adios motherfucker. Like, bartender says, what do you want? You just shout, adios, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, he'd just walk away, surely. Who knows? Who knows? So, speaking of the blowjob shot, do you want to pause this and let's make one? Yes. Let's. So, in front of me, I... <laughs> yeah, so we, we now both have blowjob shots. <laughs> That's that's what it's called. Yes, it is called a blowjob shot, specifically. Yeah. I these these sexual drink names make me uncomfortable, and I don't know if I'd be okay with ordering it in mixed company or ordering it from a female bartender because they're just so sexual and innuendo filled, and it's inappropriate to ask a bartender for a blowjob. Yeah, and it's it's equally inappropriate to you know. Say to really any bartender these days. Yeah. yeah. Sexy well, blue eyes, please. <laughs> it, yeah. It's 2019. It could be a guy. Yeah, or I'll have a quick fuck. Or yeah. how about a leg spreader? Jesus <laughs> 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 uh, Or a slippery nipple. Yeah. Or a uh, uh, quick fuck on the, pool, on the pool table. Yeah, exactly. Or sex on my face. What was the one you said earlier? The... Um, Alligator something? Oh yes, there's um, there is one called sex with an alligator. <laughs> and yeah, so what do you have? Oh, I'd like sex with an alligator. <laughs> and, and yeah, well, right. it's Australia, so it'd probably be sex with a crocodile, and you'd just get pointed two cans. Yeah, and of course there there is one called an anus burner, and Do I don't know that I could fuck? order that. I mean, it's tequila, jalapeno, and hot sauce. Wow. Yeah. That sounds uncomfortable. Yes. I yes, would not enjoy drinking that. Yeah, I mean, the the creamy pussy is another one that I would have trouble asking for. Um, I suppose you've also got a really pop... One that's still really popular, the cock-sucking cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, and at, at certain bars, if you were to ask for that, they would probably just direct you to the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe we should uh, give these shots a go. Yes, and then we will... Uh, I suppose, describe them to the viewers. Hmm. Listeners. Listeners. Describe them to the listeners. We will describe them to the listeners. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do it the traditional way. I think that's just too much. Yeah, I I couldn't. No. All right. Here goes. (laughs) You're supposed to drink it, not inhale it. Uh, (laughs) It was the the cream caught me out. Because instead of... I guess potentially the reason why you're supposed to cover the whole thing with your mouth and then knock it back is that somehow, when I drank mine, all the liquid came out from underneath the cream and then the cream came in last. Oh, lovely. And, yeah, not good. That was really sweet. Mm. Um, I hadn't had one before. It was really, really sweet. It's a lot of liquid, though. Holy moly. Yeah. Definitely an experience the first time you have a blowjob <laughs> shot. It's the 80s, so creating a cocktail with a name such as these would be designed to make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah, but also, I guess, to create conversation and let you have fun talking about it. Hmm. And, um, you know, something you think, haha, yeah, I'd like to order that, and then a guy challenges his friend. Hey, go up to that cute bartender over there and... Order, I sit on my face. 
Yeah. yeah. And I bet, I would bet a lot of money that that female bartender felt really uncomfortable when they ordered it. Oh, no doubt. It's it's the sort of thing that... But it does actually um, sound good, though. It's uh, Sit on my face is Kahlua, <laughs> Frangelico, and Bailey's. Hmm. I mean, it, it fits with the the theme of really sweet and easy to drink. Yeah, really sweet, really simple, really easy to drink. Hmm. And it, it sounds like it would be delicious. Yeah, I'd give it a go. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really ordered many innuendo-filled sexual-based cocktail names. Any cocktails with a, a very sexual-based name. I mean, I would have a giggle over it with my friends when we were younger. Like, you know, you just turn 18, you look at the menu and there's like, you know, the sex on the beach, there's the the quick fuck on the pool table. Um, they're, they're funny to read and you're like, oh, ha, ha, we could we could order that. And then you just get too embarrassed and order a gin and tonic instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not often that you're going to look at the menu and when they say, what do you want? You say, oh, I'll have a screaming orgasm, please. <laughs> <laughs> I would bet a lot of money that you couldn't say it with a straight face. Far out. There's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot there, there. there are so, so very many. I mean, there's Tap That Ass, Wild <laughs> Sex, Jeez. Wet Fantasy Shot. I'm kind of glad they are not very popular anymore. I think it's more wines at the moment that have the funny names or the innuendo names. Yeah, and it's it's nice that there's things that have names that aren't so overtly sexualized. Yeah, because it's it's nice to think that as a society, we've moved past that. To, to some extent. To some extent. To a certain extent. The, the innuendos have gotten more clever. Yes. Yes. We, there's definitely significantly more clever innuendo now than there was. And mm. just clever names that aren't innuendo at all, like the... Um, the Monsters, Monsters Attack. Yeah, like Monsters, <laughs> Monsters Attack. Sounds like a horror movie. Yeah. Or... Um, <laughs> You know, the Marilyn Merlot. Hmm. Although there is a wine that's quite nice called the Fifth Leg. Yeah, that's pretty good, hmm. actually, Fifth Leg, yeah. What's the weirdest cocktail name you've seen so far? Probably Crawl Down My Pussy. Okay, that's weird, yeah. Yeah, that that is a weird cocktail name. It is vodka, Canadian whiskey, and lemonade. Sounds tasty, though. It does sound tasty, hmm. but would you order it? No, I'd no. order a fruit tingle, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I'd order a fruit tingle. I'd order a. Yeah, I'd, I'd order a Cosmo and say, "Screw you, it tastes good." Yeah, or an Appletini. Or an Appletini. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Or a um, wow, what's that really potent one? The the Long Island iced tea. Oh yes, Long Island iced That's tea is awesome. Mm. Or an ABC shot. Oh, I wouldn't. I've I've had two of those in my entire life, and that is more than enough. Uh, I once arrived to a night out with friends and they went, you need to catch up and lined up three ABC shots for me. What? <laughs> that that wow. was the catch up. That that was also pretty much all I needed for the night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, if you liked what you heard, uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast app. You can, We're on iTunes. Sorry, we're on Apple Podcasts. We are on uh, uh, Podbean yeah, on your favourite podcast app. We are a good drop all about alcohol. Yep, and uh, we are a good drop podcast on the socials. Yeah, we're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Uh, we're, we're not on Twitter. 
we're going to give Twitter a pass at the moment. Yeah, but uh, if uh, you'd like to email us to tell us uh, something else or tell us you were deeply offended by this episode, <laughs> then um, you can email us at a gooddrop at gmail.com. Yeah, you can. We'd love some feedback and we, we'd love to hear your favorite sexual cocktail name. Like, yeah. if, if you really enjoy a slow, comfortable screw, let us know. Yeah, and if you really enjoyed this episode, do let your friends know. Direct them to our website, agooddrop.com.au. Yeah, share the news, spread the love, and we'll talk to you again next week. When we talk all about glasses and what you should be drinking out of which one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it because chances are we're using the wrong glass. But that's okay because the best glass is the one you have in your hand. That's right. So, yeah, until next time. Cheers. Cheers.